Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Glad you joined us today. It's uh, on the way down toward the end of the week, Thursday, and what a joy that we get to be together through technology talking about the things of God, asking and answering questions, uh, you know, coming to God together, um, talking through things. We had such a great conversation yesterday about feelings and experiences and what are the elements of a true believer. Uh, It was really good. If you missed the show, you should pick up the podcast, uh, and the podcast is available uh, on iTunes, and we're working on uh, some 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 things that will make the podcast available on a broader reach. Uh, so we're looking forward to providing that in a broader way to those that want to podcast it and listen to it <clears throat> on their own timing. So this is the show that we take your calls and questions, and the number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That's how you get on the air. And if you want to text me, uh, some days we're able to get to the text, some days we're not. Uh, but uh, yesterday I was able to get through all the texts offline. I had a little bit of extra time and I was able to get to the text offline. I don't always get that privilege, um, but I did yesterday, so that was cool. Uh, and today you could text me and we may... Um, You know, we may be able to get to it, maybe not, I don't know, but give me a call, give me a text, and we'll see how it goes. 303-690-3000, texting 720-336-0897. You know, there's been a lot of debate uh, in the church world on what songs we sing uh, and where the songs originate. It used to be I've been a pastor long enough now where I've seen uh, I've seen trends and patterns. And back in the day, so we started the church in 1999 uh, and have been going at it now for, we're in our 20th year. The debate used to be, sh- should we sing hymns or just contemporary music? Uh, contemporary worship. Because there's a third element to this. There was a guy in our church that only wanted to sing contemporary music. Christian songs on a Sunday morning that they weren't really worship songs, but the kind of songs you'd hear on K Love or something, you know, the um, not worship. But, and but that was the early days. Uh, and then it morphed into uh, should we sing Calvary Chapel songs? And this is our little family, but I don't. You might be able if you're a pastor, you can tell us what it was in your family. But for us, it was should we sing Calvary Chapel songs or Vineyard worship? I don't know if you remember, but in the '90s, the Vineyard worship was amazing. 
Um, I haven't heard too much of the Vineyard worship today. Uh, Vineyard is a family of churches too. There's a great one right here in Aurora uh, called Smoky Hill Vineyard, but Pastor Gray's a friend of mine. Um, and and so there used to be, well, should we sing the old Calvary Chapel, the new Vineyard, whatever. But now it you can't sing Hillsong uh, because you don't agree with their theology. You can't sing Bethel because they've got some really whacked out theology. And I just posted an article from a friend of mine on my personal webpage, uh, edtaylor.org. And uh, you can read it and share your opinion, share your view. You know, actually don't. Don't share your opinion. Share a biblical... If a song is biblically accurate, why can't we sing it? That's really the big question. Well, because it, because a, a church with really bad theology wrote it. If a song has really good theology, why can't we sing it? And, and that's the real question, isn't it? And I think, you know, the world has lost its mind, but people in the church have lost their mind too and are debating about things that have no eternal significance. And so I was going to write on this, but my friend, Pastor Mike Hughes from a Calvary Chapel in Oregon, he wrote it way better than I ever would. So I got his permission to repost it. And go. you can sign up for uh, my the email list there. You can just go to edtaylor.org, and it's the latest, um, it's the latest post uh, that I just posted yesterday. He wrote it a little bit while ago, but... Um, Pastor Ian and I, and now we also have Pastor Jason uh, Klein as a part of our ministry team. Uh, we've talked about these things and and wrestled through things, and and there have been on occasion we have changed words in songs, uh, a word or two words, or we actually have passed on songs that we assessed as not theologically accurate. But for goodness' sake, you know, you you think of some of the hymns that were a part of the early part of the church were written by very imperfect people, people with all kinds of interesting theology. And I just think that the church to some degree has lost their mind too. And we are caught off guard arguing about things that that really are not eternal in value. And maybe you've been caught up in this argument, I don't know. Um, but you, you're more than welcome to call and comment on it. We're not going to take a bunch of opinions, but we could have a good discussion on it if you'd like. Um, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Um, I, I, we can talk about a lot of things that people are arguing about in the church. Um, how to teach the Bible, what version of the Bible, that church doesn't emphasize prophecy, you can't use lights and haze in worship, uh, you can't turn the lights off during worship, uh, you can't have loud drums, uh, pastor has to dress a certain way. Um, if you're going to teach through the Bible, you can only do it verse by verse. I mean, you can go on and on with that list. And somehow this has become the line of where people want to argue and fight about things. Um, uh, maybe one of those things is important to you and you want to give a biblical viewpoint. Let's talk about it. I have no problem talking about it. I won't argue. So, you know, this isn't a show to argue um, it's not a show where we're going to debate because it, it, it's a ministry. And so um, I, I was looking at this passage in a new, not a new translation, but um, I'm always remembering it in um, the New King James because that's where I've used most of my life. But I have 
started reading and, and studying, uh, actually using the New Living Translation a lot more. And I was just reading through First Timothy again in the New Living, and it says, But some teachers have missed the whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time arguing and talking foolishness. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they're talking about, even though they seem to be so confident. And I've uh, uh, recently, uh, uh, there's a brother that has fit this category specifically. Again, when you pastor a long time, uh, when you're pastor in the same place in a long time, uh, you begin to see patterns in people. And uh, there's a brother that's developed, actually a couple brothers that have developed new theology, a new, a new doctrine. Um, they, don't, they don't say it's new, but it is, so much so that they have to write their own uh, doctrine. Uh, they have to write it up themselves because they invented it. And, um, you know, it's, they want to be known as teachers. That's their big deal, but they don't know what they're talking about and how careful we need to be to know what we're talking about and let the Bible do the talking for us and not take some kind of personal pride that I found a new doctrine or I'm the only one that's ever seen it this way or with a few little edits, it'll be perfect or maybe a few, a lot of big edits. Um, but man, the, it's easy to get distracted. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Cody in Aurora, Hello. Colorado. Cody, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey. Um, I had a question on marriage. Okay. Um, at what point does God consider a couple married? At what point does God consider a man and a woman married? Yes. I would say that God considers a man and a woman married when they make a covenant before God and man that they are uh, committing themselves to each other in marriage, one man, one woman, for the rest of their life. Okay. Um, yeah, the question stems from uh, Joseph or considering giving Mary a divorce letter, and if I remember correctly, yes. they were still in the engagement phase. Okay, yes, that's a good so, question. So, so this is where we can add a little bit to the question because we need to read of Joseph and Mary within the context of their lives and within the context of their of their uh, the, the Hebrew culture and how they related to God and the uh, the time of their engagement was a was part of the covenant that they would have been considered married during that time of engagement. Um, you know, the, the Hebrew wedding has different, the Hebrew marriage ceremony has different phases to it that are a little different than our Western, um, the way that we do marriage today. You know, most of the way that mm -hmm. we do marriage today comes from, from Rome, you know, when Rome um, ruled the world. But, but because um, I cannot remember in order, let me look it up real quick to walk you through uh, the Hebrew wedding ceremony that would shed light on um, what's happening with Joseph and Mary. And so, um, and right in that point, guess what? My internet went down. Isn't that great? Um, but it can't go down completely, then the show would go off. So let me see here if I can find 
a different way. So let's see. We will, you know, they had the espousal time, um, that, you know, because marriages were arranged. Mm-hmm. And because of the arrangement, they would come together, the espousal. They would then get engaged, the the man. And I'm, this is off the top of my head, so I might be wrong a little bit. Um, but the man would then leave, and he'd prepare the home. Uh, he would get everything ready, and then he would come back for um, he would come back for his bride, and they'd have a big party and, mm-hmm. and a big. But let me, I really want to answer this and see what happened to my internet connection. Wouldn't you know it? It's like it's always uh, it's always happens right when you need it. Um, so let me see if I can find it. But in direction to your question, they would have been considered married because that engagement process is different than mm-hmm. our engagement process. Our engagement process is is sort of, I'm committing to marry you, but mm-hmm. within the Hebrew culture, that was a commitment of marriage, and mm-hmm. we just weren't, they didn't consummate it yet. They didn't come together sexually yet. Yeah. There was still more process to that. But it was binding upon a person. That's why a certificate of divorce was needed. Okay. Um, and then my other question was on yeah. spiritual maturity. Yes. Uh, you had mentioned a verse saying that two of the things that would help a lot with that are um, growing in grace and knowledge. Yes. Could you expound on the knowledge part? Yeah, the knowledge. So, so in the Bible, that that actually is a scripture that I quoted, uh, and and it actually defines that for us. So, in Second Peter, um, chapter three, in okay. verse seventeen, it says, "You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow." in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. And so the knowledge is specifically of who, what, where, when, and how, the life of Jesus. Like any relationship, relationships only grow through time and testing. And through the time and testing, what happens? We learn more about each other. Um, we learn, and in both if, just like you, if you and me, Cody, were friends, uh, and we've had a 30-year friendship, I would imagine that we've gone through a lot together, up and down, and you would know a lot more about me, and I would know a lot more about you, and we'd be better friends than when we were 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, similar in marriage, you know, I can use that uh, as a great example. I have, I've been married for 30 years. Marie and I have known each other probably 35 years and and we have grown in our knowledge of one another and by growing in our knowledge of one another we've grown in our relationship with one another and and so how would we adapt that today well god has revealed himself remember through mm-hmm. jesus christ in these last days and he's revealed himself through his son and it is the bible that contains all that we need um again peter said this too and it's kind of cool that peter said this because he needed in in his in his life he was one of those guys that needed relationship he needed affirmation he needed uh, a close relationship so it makes sense that he would share this with us and yeah. 
in the beginning of the letter, I, I read chapter three to you, but when you go to chapter one of Second Peter, Peter says this. Uh, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so the knowledge is very specific. It's, and here's where we make mistakes sometimes. When we pick up the Bible, there is a great temptation to say that we're supposed to have greater knowledge of the Bible. But that's mm-hmm. secondary to knowing the author. Um, so I'm not saying that we aren't, you know, because you could take the Bible and become very academic with it. Mm-hmm. And you can take an academic approach. And and many do. There's even liberal seminaries and colleges that use the Bible, teach the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. You can imagine that. Yeah. They 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 because they've grown in the knowledge of the Bible, but they've completely missed the point. And Christians can do that too, where they can be so um, caught up in all the facts and details and all the little things. You know, I was thinking I was doing some question and answer earlier today, and I was thinking about prophecy. I love prophecy. I teach prophecy. The Bible's filled with prophecy. But I've also met people that try to put it. They get so smart in prop, prophetic things and current events that they, you don't even hear them talk about Jesus anymore. Mm-hmm. And and so that knowledge comes through. Um, if 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 I was speaking to a newer believer, I'd say just just spend your time this next year reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just enjoy getting to know Jesus. Yeah. Well, thank that you would be for my answer. answering. Let me add another. Let me, because I, I thought originally your question might be going a different direction on marriage, but let me just uh-huh. add it for anybody listening. Um, sometimes people will confuse God's view of marriage and then a marriage certificate with the state, right? Because you'll mm-hmm. get these guys, primarily it's guys mostly, that say, I'm already married. I don't, why do I need a piece of paper? Um, you know, if God already sees me as marriage and I made the commitment between, uh, you know, my my friend my wa- and my wife, um, then why do I need a piece of paper? It's just paper. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me, I'll speak to that for a couple things. Number one, money's just paper, but you seem to like that too. You seem to like that. Uh, contracts are paper. You want contract, you know, like don't use that. That whole idea of it's just paper is such a lame excuse. Number one. Yeah. Number two. Signing on the dotted line puts a legal obligation upon you as a husband or a wife. Uh, yeah. it, and that's mostly why people don't do it, because it, it is like the final seal. Like, if it's really a real covenant, then why not sign on the dotted line? What's the problem? The, <clears throat> and, and even our government understands this, because they created something called common law marriage. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? No. A common law marriage is a, is a law in most states that declares that if a couple has been living together and hanging out together and and pretending to be married that the and the guy leaves he will still be obligated to take care of his wife and children as if he was married as if he did sign up like the, even the government say you know what um I, we've seen too many primarily women it's not exclusively but primarily women being yeah. abandoned by their common law husbands 
and leaving them with kids and bills and everything that a new law was created, a new layer of relationship was created to take care of the people that weren't willing to go all the way with their signature to begin with. And mm -hmm. I say if it's a real marriage and signing the marriage certificate's not to sin, then why avoid it? Yeah. And so I, you didn't go, you ended up going that way, but for the sake of people listening, it's a good addition. Yeah. Um, could you pray for me real quick? I can. Is there something specific? Or are you? Yeah. So I have money that I want to give, but I don't know if I'm, I'm undecided if I want to give it to Grace FM or if I want to give it to a church that recently got planted in Japan. Okay. Father, my brother Cody wants uh, wisdom, and I love what the I love what your Bible says. And in the New Living Translation, it says, "If we want to know what God wants us to do, we should ask Him." And so we ask that you would give wisdom to Cody uh, on where to use this resource, this money that you've entrusted to him um, to build your kingdom, Lord. Where is it that would wh where would it this this portion of your riches where would it most benefit your kingdom? And so we thank you, God, that you would give Cody something in excess, above what he needs for his food and his clothing and his housing, um, but that you have blessed him with excess, and that even in his heart, he's wanting to see it used for your kingdom, Lord. May men um, multiply. May men and women like this multiply. Um, and so give him wisdom, Lord, on how to use these resources, that he might have a peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. I got a sister that called, didn't want to be on the air, had a comment about worship. Uh, she's older, been a Christian a long time, doesn't like loud music, too much of a professional musician showing off, less about worship. Um, she loves Welcome to the Place Where You Belong by the Afters. Um, she also had a friend that went to a church with a strobe light that affected her daughter with epilepsy. So there's a few things there. You know, the, the, many times we have professional musicians on the stage and we, I want them to play professionally. Um, I want them to, uh, just me personally at Taylor, I'm not, let alone as a pastor, but I'm sure if Pastor Ian was here or Jason, they would add, I, if a, if there's a professional musician, I would want them to play unto the Lord better than they would on some CD. But here's the line. The line is, just because something's professional doesn't mean it's not worshipful. I mean, listening to the afters, I bet you, you when you listen to the CD, uh, you enjoy the, the, the way they put it together, like professionals put that together. And it sounds good, and they edited, and a producer did whatever they do. I'm, I'm not expert in, in this, but... So if there's professional on the stage, I want them to play professionally. But I think here's the line, and you may have meant this, but here's the line I would draw. It's not a performance. And while we don't always know when a person's crossed the line, the those on the stage leading us in worship is not a performance. But I wouldn't want a professional. Like, we have some super-duper talented men and women uh, that that are a part of our worship team, volunteering, and I would want them to play the best that they possibly could. That's kind of like saying, I, I don't want a professional pastor. Well, man, if I've studied hard, you're going to want me to give my best, I'm sure. I mean, but I do get the nuance, so don't misunderstand me. A performance is not, is, is not 
necessarily what we need. However, I'm not a big concert guy, personally. I never have been. I mean, in my life, I've probably gone to 10 concerts. And I'm not a big Christian concert guy. But I was invited a couple years ago by Pastor Ian. Somebody graciously gave us tickets to the Hillsong United concert at the Pepsi Center. And I have to say, I really didn't want to go. I really just wanted to stay home. Uh, even though Ian's, Ian's my brother and I love him and I, I'm glad that he invited me, um, I really didn't want to go. I was in a bad place, actually, uh, just emotionally, and I'd rather just stay home. But my kids wanted to go, my wife wanted to go, so we went. And these guys were professionals, and it was a major production, and it was amazingly worshipful. And the Lord ministered to me through the words of those songs, ministered to me how they arranged them, ministered to me even through the lights. It was a simple light thing, but man, through the different images that they played on the screen. And I do understand preferences, and I respect a person's preferences. And I don't judge anyone that they have different preferences than I do. But when it becomes a place where preference becomes argumentation, criticism. I mean, this whole thing with epilepsy and a strobe light, you know, I get that. Uh, I don't know how we'd address, we don't have strobe lights, but you know, I don't know how we'd address that, but certainly, um, you know, we, there's probably challenges for that family to be careful of strobe lights because sometimes they use them in supermarkets to get your attention for cereal. Uh, sometimes they use them as advertisements in a strip mall or, you know, so, I mean, I get that, but, um, I, I think that when preferences become absolutes, then you become legalistic. And and so we have a, you know, I'm going to talk this through to the end and then we'll come back to the second half. But I appreciate you calling. I wish you would have come on the air. It would be good to talk. You don't, it's okay to talk about these things. You should, if you, to be on the air, um, Shariah, I'll get to you in a minute. Uh, and then Dick, you'll be back, you know, on the other side. Um and uh, Dick, you've got some comments on worship, so thanks. We'll pick that up on the second half. But, you know, preferences. Every generation is going to have preferences. Like for me personally, I was saved in 1991. So some old Maranatha music has special meaning to me, but not to my kids. <laughs> my kids don't like it. Um, it's slow. It's, uh, you know, it's different tempos or whatever. My kids don't like it. But then my kid, my son, Josh, and my daughter, uh, actually it was Josh, but Caitlin likes it too, uh, shared a song with me recently of a recent worship. I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like it, but I didn't tell them they couldn't listen to it like or anything. I was like, oh, I didn't like it. But you know what I found too? Over time, I like music that glorifies Jesus, even if I didn't initially like it. So I still have that on my Apple Music and I'm still going to listen to it because I, I need to be in a frame of reference of worshiping Jesus. And so to say I didn't like the song doesn't mean I didn't like the lyrics. Um, there was even a song we sang recently. There's a line in it that says it hurt like, hurts like hell. And we had some complaints from our church. You know, why would you use the word hell in a worship song? But if you, and this is where I come from. And I, I respect, I don't want to offend anyone, but here's the deal. If you've ever hurt like hell, then saying that phrase is not hard for you. And I'm in no way cussing when I use that phrase. Um, and neither is the song. And 
I know it's a little different phraseology than maybe 50, 60 years ago. I get that. And I know the word hell has connotations in our culture. I get that. But if you've ever hurt like hell, that song's not hard for you to sing. It's not hard for you to sing. And, uh, oh man, I, I can't wait to talk to Dick and anyone else that has a, uh, opinion on this. This is, this is good things to just talk through. And even if we disagree, we're going to learn how to disagree in love because that's what matters. Love covers a multitude of sins. So you hear the music. We're already at the first half. We'll be right back. This, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, shout out to Hope FM, Truth FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a few things that we're talking about. One is worship. I got a text is, can you explain why Bethel is called a whacked-out theology. Well, when we say whacked-out theology, we mean that beliefs about God and things that they teach that God does. And we don't have time to get into all that, but things like glory clouds, fire tunnels, grave-sucking, dancing, chanting, healing, creepy laughter, um, there's quite a bit that is certainly not consistent with a biblical theology. Um, including the the whole idea of the new apostolic Christianity, the the um, it's a different variation of the kingdom now theology, which isn't new actually. It's just uh, revived through the Bethel uh, Church uh, movement, and and there's quite a bit available on that to in their practices uh, and how they relate to Jesus Christ, kind of talking how, you know, their prayer soaking, um, quite a bit of things that just are not supported in the biblical text. And that it's, we don't have time to develop that. That's not what I wanted the show to become, but great question. And I'm glad you texted in. Uh, let's get back to the, well, before we get to the phone lines, uh, tomorrow morning at Calvary Church, we have a pastor's breakfast. And if you're a pastor uh, in your church or assistant pastor or an elder, you are invited. You are invited to our church for a free breakfast. We have a brother uh, coming in from um, uh, Breckenridge, and we have a pastor's breakfast in the morning. And for your wife, we have a pastor's wife gathering in the evening. And so assistant pastors, pastors, elders are included. This is not a denominational thing. This is not a uh, Calvary Chapel thing. Um, this is a servant of the Lord thing that you are invited to. So if you have, um, if you have time in the morning, um, I'm not entirely sure where you register. Just show up. We have plenty of food. We don't need you to register. Just show up because um, we've already ordered the food. So we'll have enough for you. Uh, we got a little gift for you. We spend time singing, praying, uh, being encouraged by a brother who has been 
persevering uh, in Breckenridge, small mountain community for many years. Good man. Uh, and um, come on out. Calvary Church is on Hampton, just east of Tower Road. All right, let's go to back to the phone lines and pick up someone that's been waiting. It is, where is it? Sharia? Sharia Line 2 yeah. in Greeley? Hey, welcome <laughs> yeah, to the program. Sharia. <laughs> Sharia, Hi. great. Hey. Welcome. Thanks. Um, so I recently ran into one of those um, Mother of God churches, and we yeah. were kind of arguing, like debating, I guess, and then they were like, well, why don't you cover your head during worship? And I was like, well, Jesus Christ died, so I don't have to do all these things that good answer. I don't know. <laughs> and they were like, well, if the church is the body, and we're all part of the body, why aren't we doing the same thing? And I was like, well, if we all do the same thing, a lot of things wouldn't be happening. But whatever the case, I just wanted clarification on uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 16. Yes, before like, I get to that, that let's, let's go yeah. back to the conversation you had, because... You, yeah. Your point, you you've pointed out some things about um, about this, about mm-hmm. these conversations that are important. First of all, when they ask the question, uh, "We're the mm-hmm. body, and why aren't we all doing the same thing?" Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great answer to that that should stop them in their tracks. Okay, you ready for it? I'm ready. The reason we the reason we all don't do the same thing is because some people do it wrong. Ah, okay. And that changes their perspective, like as if the only way to reflect that that it's a true church is that we all do things the same. That's not even supported in the Bible because we all make mistakes, we all sin, so obviously Mm -hmm. the body's never going to do it the same, ever, because of sin, number one. But number two, you can also point out that within the context of the New Testament, things were different even among the seven churches in Revelation, and Jesus spoke to it. Uh, and mm-hmm. and he corrected each of the church or each of the five churches in Revelation out of seven. He corrected them, but one thing he didn't do was give them all the same correction. Right, right. He corrected them in the context of where they were, and so God gives us freedom. You, your answers were good, but they. I can tell you that they're only talking to you of how they were trained. Yeah, and that's what I said not, too. <laughs> You try to get them off their game, you know, to the best mm-hmm. of your ability to say, well, I mean, it makes sense. Why doesn't everybody buy the same Starbucks or, you know, wherever they end up hitting you, hitting you up? Like, mm-hmm. well, we're in Starbucks. Why isn't everybody ordering the same drink? We're all in the same store. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. oh, you know, because they don't want the same drink. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. they're all ordering a drink. What, what are they all doing the same? They're ordering a drink. Right. And so there's definitely variety in mm-hmm. unity. Unity doesn't mean conformity. And and it would be the same thing. Well, what if we all wear head coverings? What if you wore a blue one and a red one? You're not doing the same thing. So, you know, if they caught me on a good day, they would not like it because they're not thinking clearly. Right, right. So to the Bible, you know, to the mm-hmm. Bible question, remember that what we have in the Bible is we have cultural examples, kind of like the first caller that we had. When he asked mm-hmm. the question, I almost immediately thought where he was going with it, but mm-hmm. I was wrong. He he wasn't going there at all. He actually was asking a cultural question. Right. And okay. in, in order to answer his question, I had to explain to him, and I did it from memory, but I had to explain to him the Hebrew definition and cultural definition of marriage. And then, boom, that made sense. Right. And so when we... 
when we come to um, when we come to First Corinthians, it's a cultural thing. He's addressing a cultural thing for a specific time in a specific place that isn't a um, eternal normative teaching. Okay. Um, not only, not only um, because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. That's the best answer. Right. That's why, you know, when folks come to us and say, oh, you don't keep the law, you're not doing it right, you need to go back to your Jewish roots or whatever newfangled thing there is, I tell them, mm-hmm. I do keep the law. I keep the law perfectly. And, you know, right. that usually gets them off there. And they go, oh, I don't know. No, I keep the law perfectly because my faith in Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. He's, he keeps, and, you know, that that's good. But so when, when we come to 1 Corinthians 11, we're dealing with, the order of God. He's not speaking of value or superiority between men and women, but the value. Um, I mean, excuse me, but the order. And mm-hmm. and he establishes the head. He talks about coverings. Um, and it's simply cultural. For a woman not to have her head covered could speak of her not being a moral woman. You see head coverings in, in Israel today. Um, it's right. traditional. It's it's a mm-hmm. traditional expression of worship. And what Paul's dealing with in the church is order and disorder within the prayer meeting, within a time of taking communion, and it is not a mandate from God for women to have their heads covered. If they want them covered, great. If they don't want them covered, great. Right, That's and that's what I was like kind of saying. I was like, no... Yeah, as far as, like, I was concerned, it's like, no, like, Jesus Christ, and, like, I said it, like, multiple times, but then we kept getting on these weird subjects about things that don't really have importance as far as, like, your walk goes. But I just wanted to be sure, because I was like, yes, maybe I don't know the word, but I'm pretty sure that's cultural. And, you know, I was just like, but I know I know it. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask about that. And then um, I also, if it's okay, just wanted to pray for, like, the guy that's in that organization, like, he goes to everybody. And I just want to pray that, like, God opens his eyes and, like, he yes. understands that Jesus Christ, like, died. He doesn't have to do anything more or less to right. earn his salvation and that it's the work of Jesus only that saves us. So if we could just pray for him for that. Well, let's do that. And and before we do, though, let, let's even go deeper because um, Kevin, mm-hmm. our producer, actually went to the website and quoted their belief on head coverings. And and this is what they mm-hmm. say, and I quote, women must wear veils in worship, and men must have their heads uncovered. This is not merely considered right and proper, but is actually necessary to enter the kingdom, end quote. Mm. And that alone tells us yeah. that they are not teaching um, you, that you're saved by grace through faith, that... Now, in order for you to enter into the kingdom, you must perform, and it's dependent upon mm-hmm. your performance, which is much easier to to rebuke, you know, and disprove mm-hmm. because nothing could be further from the truth. And you know, they they begin to describe um, just like you. There's wedding clothes for a wedding. There's also proper clothes to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, you know, the the Bible teaches is that it's that God. He he. Man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. And right. cl- clothing, if clothing were necessary, to- even put it this way, 
if the right clothing were necessary and it depended upon you to have the right clothing, then that would exclude people from the kingdom right away because people mm-hmm. don't have the money for clothing. They don't have access to the right clothing. Like it would be that one of the dumbest limitations that, that God would ever make if it was clothing necessary. Right. Right. Uh, like, and, and again, what, what they fail to say is when Jesus gives the parable of the clothing that those that needed the clothing were going to, we are all going to be robed in righteousness. Like the clothing is provided to us by Jesus himself, like by the father. So it's not even something that we perform. Nothing depends upon us. Okay. All right. So father, I pray for the leader of this cult and the false teachings that uh, are are being perpetrated even in our own city, but cities around the country, God, that you would, um, you know, we've seen it before. You can change things around, and uh, you can change things in a in a leader's heart right away. And so I pray that you would help that, uh, and that you would bring him to a change, and he could change. He could say for the rest of, um, you know, the anyone that's following him. Um, he could change it and he'd say, no, I was wrong and here's the truth. And so, you know, as we have interactions with these folks, uh, may we find ourselves in a place with answers um, and a reason for why we believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Alrighty. Bye-bye. 303 That was a good question. We have to be able to tell the distinction between what's a cultural teaching and what's an eternal teaching, uh, and and she did a great job of separating that. And watch out for these mother of God cult guys because they show up at the DVD play. I see them at Starbucks all the time, um, and um, for some reason they don't um, they don't like talking to me. Three oh three six nine oh three thousand. Just a shout out to Hope FM and Truth FM. I'd like to remind everyone to give to local radio, uh, and I ask you to support Grace FM. If you go to download the app, you can uh, down you can donate through the app, or you can go to our website gracefm.com, gracefm.com. All your resources go. We had a big deal down. You guys know, um, we had a big deal happen down in Colorado Springs. It took a day and a half of our uh, operations manager's time. Um, and all that costs, everything broken costs. And so uh, we're not a large corporation like K-Love or another corporation that, that has an endless flow of cash or investor money. We're a church that has taken a step of faith to provide Christian radio to Wyoming, to Nebraska, and most of Colorado. We're grateful for it, and uh, we're not ashamed to ask you to join us and partner with us. If this... Re- radio station has been a blessing in your life please support the radio station please give and i know that god will bless that it's amazing what every little thing can do so we as a church recently did a collection of change specifically for a mission we want to put on a conference in the philippines uh, and make it free to everyone that comes all the pastors out there it's a section of Philippines. We support a couple missionaries in Antipolo and have for many years. And so we want to take a conference out there. It was the idea of Pastor Ian and his wife, Katie, to do this. 
And we've done something a couple, a couple years ago called Change for Change, and we laid it out to the church. We said, bring in your change in the month of May or March. Uh, pennies, nickels, quarters, doesn't matter what you have, bring it all in and be surprised of what we can can collect just by a little bit here and a little bit there. And and we collected $18,000. I, I mean, unbelievable. And uh, the goal was $15,000. So we hit the goal. And then the rest of the resources are going to go to that mission. And missionaries are going to be blessed. But whether you brought a dollar or you bought a cup full, because we gave out cups, or you brought a penny, it all added up. Well, the same is true for your giving through Grace FM. If you give us a dollar, if you give us $5, if you give us 500 5000 whatever it might be, it will be used for the glory of God. And, and believe me, it all adds up. And we have ongoing bills and electric bills and phone bills and broken bills, and we got to upgrade equipment and pay staff, on and on. The Lord knows. But if you're listening to this on Truth FM, support Truth FM. And if you're listening to this on Hope FM, support Hope FM. Be sure to support your local Christian radio, the station that comes, because most of the stations, um, you know, I have opinions, but some of the bigger stations don't need, it's, it's, they don't need it uh, like, a, like a church-run station does. Just leave it at that. But support Hope FM, support Truth FM, support Grace FM. And as part of your, first you tithe to your church, right? Then of the offerings you give to other ministries. So thanks. If you did, thank you. Uh, um, we have a request. Can I write an op-ed of why K-Love doesn't need your money? Yes, you can write that. <laughs> 303-690-3000. As a matter of fact, I'd like to read your point of view. All right. Um, so go to gracefm.com. Click the donate or give button, whatever it says, and set it up recurring, and it'll just come in, and we'll use it for the glory of God. In Thornton, Desiree's calling. Thornton, Colorado. Desiree, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. Hey. Um, I was just listening to you, and I just forgot about my problem. We need to support Grace FM. We need to support... I share you on Facebook, the radio station. I always go Thank live, you. and I always share the radio station. Thank and you. that's so important. It brings, like, a big ache to my heart because... I thank you so much. You've helped me so much. Uh, what's going on? I think you got some pain in your life right now. Oh, I got a lot of pain. Mm. Tell me about um, it. I've been walking with my, our beautiful father, pain on five years. I've been safe for five years, and um, during that five years, I lost my mom, I lost a um, couple of brothers, lost a niece, and now my brothers and sisters, um, we just broke up. Um, nobody's, there's there's no more family. Mm. I was thinking of, um, uh, because, you know, in a short amount of time in my life, I had my mom, my dad pass away, my son pass away, my mom pass away. And and it, there is a great emptiness um, that that happens when somebody close to us dies. Um, we have in our own church family recently a couple of wives 
have passed away and leaving widowers. And I, I think of even, um, even what you're describing, there's that, that tremendous feeling of loneliness. And I was reminded of a scripture as you were talking, it said, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord won't forsake me. And, and even, you know, when somebody dies, it kind of feels like they forsook us. I mean, they don't have a choice in the matter, but it feels like, man, where they abandoned us and they left. And, and in reality, what the Bible teaches and what we know to be true is that it was their time. God knew already. We're the ones discovering it, but God already knew. And, and it is a deep wound and you're, I'm sorry that you have to experience such pain. It's very difficult. It is, but through all this, I just thank God that I know the Lord's holding my hand through this. And I know at the end of this, there's going to be a rainbow. I know it. But um, I ask for prayers, and um, I'll do anything I could do, Pastor Ed, to support the radio station. Because, Um, boy, you. you don't even know... Through through our Father God, He has blessed you to share His Word and break it down that we all understand. And I thank you. Father, I pray for my sister as she wrestles with the pain in her life and the difficulty. Um, uh, just feelings of great loss, uh, feelings of great sorrow. But at the same time, I hear in her, uh, I hear in, in her... Um, a great desire, you know, there's seasons of hope and there's season of encouragement. So I pray that you would encourage her today, Lord, that you would heal. Um, we know that healing is a process and it just takes time. And and even in time, not everything is healed. It's still wounds. These losses are great wounds in her life. And so I pray you would continue to hasten the healing process and strengthen her and establish her for the work that you have ahead for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right, God bless you. God bless you, Bye-bye. All right, I think we're going to have time to pick up the next call. Um, It's Maya. Uh, Maya's calling from somewhere in Colorado. Maya, welcome to the program. Hi. um, So I have a question about Starbucks. Okay, go ahead. So my parents tell me that um, they give money to bad people, and I was wondering if it would be okay for me to go. Um, is would, would it be a sin? Would God? Um, would it be a sin to God for me to give money to those bad people? That's a good question. So it's it's there's a couple parts to this question, and one of them is I would never want to undermine your parents, and so your parents are trying to teach you how to use your money. And listening to your parents is a good thing because Starbucks does give money to people that do bad things. And as Christians, we do need to be wise on how we use God's money because a, a lot of the companies, right? Do you, go, do you go to Walmart at all? Yeah. Do you go to Target? Um, no. How about King Supers or Safeway? Where do you go shopping for your groceries? Um, we go to um, Sam's Club and Safeway. Okay, so Sam's Club is the same as Walmart, and those companies also give money to bad people to do bad things because they're corporations. 
And so I think what your mom and dad are trying to teach you is to be careful how you use your money. Because if there's an alternative, for example, I was talking about this yesterday, there's a Starbucks up in North Aurora, but if you go right around the corner, there's a Christian coffee shop there uh, called Sonder that if you shop there with your money, you knew that the owners of that company are going to use your money in a way that honors God. And so I think what your parents are trying to teach you is try to use your money that God has given to you in as many ways as possible that will honor God and glorify God. And if you're if your parents have chosen not to go to Starbucks because they believe it's a sin, the Bible says if you believe something is a sin, then it's a sin to you, and so you should avoid it. And and so I think that I would listen to my parents if I was you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Maya. Can we pray? Yes, what would you like to pray about? Um, To give me... to um. Give me the wisdom to know what's right and wrong so I can help myself yeah. and other people. That's fantastic, Maya. So do you want to pray or you want me to pray? Um, can I pray? Yes, you can. I We'd love to hear it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another day that you've given us. I thank you for giving us another chance to show share the word with everybody so that they yes. can go to heaven with us and mm. that you will give me the wisdom to tell other people that you are here, Lord, and that um, whatever happens to them, that you're always there for them and you'll never That's leave right. them, and that um, I can show them what's right and wrong and same for myself. In Jesus' yes. name, amen. Amen. Well, Maya, tell your parents they're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. May the Lord give us all nine-year-olds like that. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, love those kind of calls. All right, we've got a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to try to take this call because we've got a few minutes and we'll end it out. Just remember, Pastor's Breakfast tomorrow at Calvary Church. We're on Hampton, uh, east of Tower. You are welcome. You are invited. Um, don't worry about it. We'll introduce you or get to know you. Uh, just come on out. Um, Calvary Church is right on the corner next to the Safeway. Um, the church number is 303 628 7200. If you get lost, uh, TJ's in Denver. TJ, we've got about a minute and a half. How can I help you? Wow, how do you go after a nine-year-old like that? My goodness, <laughs> it's but, hard. Um, we can help. <laughs> she, she's a great prayer. Um, yes. My my issue is I, my husband and I are having problems, and I know okay. I should talk to my pastor, and yes. I know that he would want us to talk to him about yes. issues that we're having. But I feel like our pastor is so, he's such a good friend of ours, and he's such a wonderful person. And I also know as pastors, you guys take on so much of everybody's baggage. And in addition to everything else that's going on in your lives that I feel like I don't want to burden him, is that wrong? Okay. And and I, I don't know, I, I feel very protective of my pastor, and it's like I don't want anybody okay. to hurt him, I don't want anybody to bring him down, and I certainly don't want to bring him down. So I don't know well, who, should I talk to him about this? So, so the answer to your question of all the feelings you're having, is it wrong? Here's the answer. Yes and no. Uh, yes, it's wrong that somehow your feelings and your assessment is keeping you away from the person that could help you. That's wrong. 
but it's not wrong that you have love and care for your pastor. That's a that's a good thing to have. It's a good thing to have to want to be protective, to want to be caring. But here's a you've been brought to a place where you just need to trust God with your pastor. He's been put in your life for this reason. He's been put in your life uh, to to help you, and there's no good reason why you shouldn't go to him. Okay. And, okay. You know, here's the difficulty, and I've seen this over the years. Um, through crisis, through through these types of things, I've learned who my friends are as a pastor and who they're not. And mm. we just got to do what we got to do. It's in front of us. And sometimes we're disappointed by the outcome, but we're never disappointed by God. And I don't think that's what's going to happen here with you, but just set aside all your emotions and get some help for your marriage. Yeah. Give, yeah, and give I, your I pastor the benefit he, of the doubt. He's, it would hurt him knowing that we didn't talk to him. It would. It would, and you know, it just would be. You, God put him in your life. If you, he, he didn't put him in your life first as a friend. He put him in your life as a pastor who is your friend. So, right. let him pastor you, and and let the chips fall where they may. Right. Thank you. That that makes you're welcome. Great Thank you very much. Right. God bless. All right. We bye bye. Hey, we're at the end of the show today. Thanks for joining me. My name is Ed. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. Come on out, 6 p.m. on Saturday nights, Sunday morning, 845, 1045. We didn't get to talk too much about the worship part of things, uh, even though we did a little. Go to my website, edtaylor.org. The latest post is on this very topic. All the disagreements and arguments about worship, which we shouldn't really have, but there's some really good stuff there. edtaylor.org. God bless you guys. Have a great night in Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.